Hello and welcome back to the Good Work Podcast. I'm Felicity Holstead, your host and the founder of Good Work. This week, my guest is Gabby Mendes. Gabby is the founder of Talk20s and the host of the award-winning Talk20s podcast. The Talk20s platform is all about life in your 20s, sharing crucial life skills, thoughtful guidance on well-being, love and relationships, careers advice, and much more to support you through the first decade of adulthood. Gabby, welcome to the Good Work Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Gabby, can you just start by telling us a bit about you and your business? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Gabby and I'm the founder of Talk Twenties. We're an organization that supports and bridge the gap between school, university and all those things that they didn't actually teach you about adult life and the big wide world of adulting. So yeah, I'm a teacher. That's my background. That's where I came from. And that's where the idea for Talk Twenties stems. And I just kind of very quickly realized that there was a huge gap of like, what actually do we do when it gets to adult life and just all of these life skills and no one was talking about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I decided to create a business and a podcast and an online learning platform around the idea that, you know, none of us really have it all figured out. How did Talk Twenties begin? Has it always been based on the podcast or is is that kind of a development? So it all started when I was doing, I was in my second year of my teacher training. So I was given a form of sixth form students and I was like 21, 22 at the time. And they were like 17, 18. Mm -hmm. God knows why people gave me that form. Like I was so, I was so paranoid about looking like a sixth former when like Mm -hmm. a teacher would walk into class and be like, is there a teacher in this classroom? And I'd be like, hello, it's me. (laughs) But yeah, like it was great because I felt like the students could kind of relate a little bit more. And they used to ask me questions like, Miss, what's a credit card? What's a debit card? How do I go about renting for the first time? They usually had their first breakup around this point if they were in relationships and stuff. You know, the big decision of university apprenticeships and stuff. And I just kind of felt like, although school was some kind of support for that, once you leave traditional education, like university or sixth form, there just is no support system for that. No there's no one there that's kind of validating all those things that you're actually feeling and giving you advice or pointing you in the right direction for that. So I left teaching thinking that an event would be the answer to to this situation and that, um, you know, an in-person event for young people once a year would help solve this problem that we were experiencing um, or that young people were experiencing in society. But I launched in January 2020 and we all know what happened by March 2020. So we were all in lockdown. So I had to quickly pivot. And I think probably the success of my whole business has been pivoting, you know, moving times, not being, you know, really stuck in my ways in terms of how I want things to look uh, to an extent, obviously. And so I launched the, the, the podcast and what started as interviewing my friends and people who had cool businesses and stuff like that, mainly in the Northwest where I live really just kind of developed into the kind of experts and celebrities and and inspiring people that we're that we're interviewing today and it's just kind of snowballed from there really so our podcast is what we're known for mostly it's our way of communicating with our audience but we've got you know online learning opportunities we've run events in the past so there's there's so much more to that brand but that probably is our hero thing that we that we have out there at the moment. And when you talk about the life skills that Talk Twenties is focused on, is it solely focused on life skills and career related things or or do you cover kind of other aspects of that early adulthood life? 
So we kind of talk about four pillars in terms of our content. So we talk about finance and money, which is obviously huge, career and business, well-being and relationships, and fun and adventure. And we believe that those four categories are kind of evenly distributed amongst our lives. It's just as important to make sure that we are enjoying our lives and having fun as it is to have our finances in check. It's good to make sure that we have a fulfilling career as it is to make sure that that we still have manage our well-being well and have good relationships with our friends or uh, family or you know partners and stuff like that so yeah we kind of sit between those four key themes um, and that's how most of our content is broken up and we try and make sure that we cover as much as possible within that across the podcast it's so interesting and making sure that you have that emphasis on having fun and enjoying this really crucial decade mm. of your life is so important you know there's so much anxiety uh, I think that so many people have in their 20s and so many you know mental health challenges that people experience and we hear so much about that so I really love that 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 is a big focus so how has your business changed over time so as you say it's been like what, two and a half years you've grown and had some really incredible names on your podcast you know, people who are really like thought leaders which is a very corporate term sorry I mean but amazing people who who talk about really interesting things how has that developed? Have you had a strategy for like, we want to get to the point where we can invite these like big names on the podcast and like, this is how we're going to get there? Or would you say it's been a more gentle evolution? I think the best way to describe it is is like a snowball. So we started off, with, you know, guess who we had already access to and stuff like that. Just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of moved, you know, progressively and just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's true stats it's true of our following that's true of many different things you know and our listenership so we're very fortunate very fortunate to get pitches from all kind of guests who would like to to present themselves on the podcast and I think what really took us up another level was when we started investing in studio space so we could record you know professionally record all our podcasts you know it's like a sit down in kind of style we've got tons of content that we can pull from that and that really took our podcast to like another level, really, because it kind of showed that, you know, people really enjoyed the experience. Our guests love coming on and being able to have footage from it. Mm-hmm. It's just a really nice experience. And our studio is based in Liverpool in the northwest. So, we also, you know, mm-hmm. guests travel to us. So it's a whole day outing that they experience in order to come on the podcast. And it's like quite a fun opportunity. So I think there is there's been challenges with that you know some guests maybe don't want to travel and do just want to do it over zoom but it has evolved over time and I think it's really getting into a place where I'm so excited about what the future holds I'm just about to bring in a new co-host to sit alongside me I'm very aware that I'm 27 and a half and podcast is talk 20s so I want to create a business that isn't dependent on me and my age and you know I've seen this problem but that doesn't mean that it should stop when I hit 30 it's nothing to do with me it's just to be able to get it off the ground I've had to kind of be the face of it but I really want this business to have a legacy beyond me turning 30 or any of those kind of things and I want it to exist beyond that so we kind of look at the future or the presenters of the show as kind of being like blue pizza presenters so over time they will evolve and they'll be representative of whatever is going on at that moment in time in terms of you know people who sit within that age demographic and who represent the brand accordingly so there is a future legacy to to what this is and it's not I think you know for for I think at least two years of what I was building it was very much a small business and it was hard to see where it could grow from there but I think now we've got we're in a position where 
we do see this evolving over time and, and it having quite an important message that we think can be delivered for a long time to come. And would you say that it's mainly focused on young women or is, is that something that you're looking to evolve over the coming months? Yeah, so my new co-host is male. Ah, okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah absolutely up until now our branding has been probably and naturally like quite female focused um maybe our branding attracts more females the topics we we talk about maybe more directed towards females and you know the guests we you know we typically get more more female um interest in terms of coming on the podcast so yeah with the introduction of our new co-host we hope Mm -hmm. to make that more more of a wide spectrum because it, it, it kind of ended up that way accidentally. It was never intentional to just be like a female-focused business. I've never put the word female-focused out there ever. But I think naturally just simple things like branding, the guests for, that, you know, that you have on there yeah. can sometimes lead it in that path. And it's something that we're very conscious of and want to try and change. So we've got new branding, new co-hosts. Exciting. Exciting. And beyond the podcast, what else does the brand and the business aim to to deliver so obviously you talk about these different platforms and I know that you know some of it is around content creation and sharing as well but are there additional events and resources and things that that will be coming yeah so essentially we want our website to become a, the you know a big resource hub for young people who are looking to level up their their 20s in any kind of way whether it's learning more stuff about their finances or managing their well-being and that kind of will evolve over time at this moment in time with the big relaunch it's going to look like a website with tons of resources on in the future and in the past we've also launched many courses run workshops and done in-person events so we're quite flexible with how that looks moving forwards and I think it's understanding what is right for the the times that we're in you know everyone wanted to do a workshop in COVID and because we were all stuck indoors and then all of a sudden that didn't work out anymore so I think although we obviously have really high aspirations and we want to help the next generation learn it's about doing that in the way that they want to do it so is it an in-person event is it a yeah is it an online course is it a podcast so yeah it's ever evolving so just talking I suppose focusing a bit more on on your own journey through that what would you say have been the biggest I suppose like the highs and lows of that experience of launching and having pretty phenomenal success in that first two and a half years I mean you've won awards for the podcast and been nominated for for other things like what for you have been those highs and lows of that experience as a founder I think the hardest part of being a founder is that for a large part of what I've I've done up until this point although I have really great support system and you know ambassadors and production team and stuff like that a lot of what I have done has been me solo in a room, building websites or editing content or writing blog posts and stuff like that. And I think, I think not enough founders talk about the lonely side of, of building a business. And yeah. I am constantly in my head, always thinking about this, always thinking about that. So it's, it's a really like a never switching off kind mm-hmm. of situation. And I love my business. So it's not really, I'm not moaning about that at all. Like I, do I feel privileged and fortunate to be able to be in the position that I am but I also think that it's really tricky I think you know we've spoken before actually about the challenges of being a founder and having some kind of support system as well because the early days as a founder you know you are wanting to withdraw the least amount that you possibly can from your business in order to keep your business afloat and I think you know I'm very fortunate that my my partner has been the real rock on on my side of things in order to be able to go okay 
don't stress about the food shop this month we've got this like so we know that you know he's invested well we're both invested in in the growth of this business and then later down the line I'd like to be that support system for him so that when the business is going really well yeah he can then he's entrepreneurial as well so he can build his own business and we can be that support system for one another and I was speaking to another founder who was in a similar position and was like I don't know I don't I couldn't do it without Dan that's 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 really the truth of it like and I think you know whether that's that's a parent, a grandparent, a flatmate or whatever, who helps you through those times, which, you know, when you're building something that's so exciting, but is tricky to navigate. I think that's probably one of the harder parts of being founder for sure. Yeah. I, as you say, like you and I have, have talked about this a little bit previously and I can absolutely relate to that. And I think for me, it's not been, you know, I've, I've not had a partner over the last year while I've been doing this, but even just my mates, like just people who are there to constantly say like, yes, love this. this, You're amazing. Slash whenever I send them a link to something being like, I just post on LinkedIn. Can you all go and like it, please? And, you know, people who just don't complain and are so happy to see you succeed, like that is magic. And finding those people in your life, as you say, like no matter who they are, is so crucial but because it's a privilege, right, to be able to take this time and space and invest it in yourself and your business. Definitely. I'm seeing that more and more as we as I go through the process, you yeah. know. And like for me, I think future gaps uh, in terms of <laughs> to help other other founders and business owners, like yeah. if I build another business, that's an area where I'm, you know, experiencing difficulty. And I would love to find a way to support founders mm-hmm. personally during those times, because I think there's do this grant scheme or do that you know this for your business but quite often that founder will go oh yes I've won this grant for the business and they will just spend it on totally business stuff and that still leaves them in a really sticky situation so I don't know what that even looks like right now and I can't think about it too much but I think for those that maybe wouldn't take a gamble on a business idea that they have that is amazing but personally in that you know they'll struggle I think it's a conversation that we really need to be aware of Absolutely. And I think something that we've just kind of gently touched on, but I'd love to talk about more is inclusion, like diversity and inclusion across those areas, right? Because I think, you know, as you and I both know, and I'm sure lots of people listening will, you're absolutely right. Like it's very hard to take time out to invest in a business, to take time out of a more traditional career path if you have dependents, if you have caring responsibilities. If you don't have family who can, you know, take you in and feed you if it all goes wrong, which, you know, I I always say, like, I don't really want to move back in with my parents, but I could, right? Mm-hmm. And like that, that's a privilege too. How through the work that you do at Talk Twenties, have you been able to further those conversations about inclusion and diversity? I mean, I know that you've had some really awesome guests who've talked about some of their own experiences in that space, but I'm kind of interested in your take on that. Yeah, I think it's about normalizing the conversation and and allowing people the space to have those conversations on a podcast and be given it a platform as well. Because mm-hmm. I think for a long time, you know, we've maybe overlooked people's differences and and not really understood situations. And for far too long, people in privileged position, in my opinion, people in privileged positions have been able to thrive whilst others have found you know even the day-to-day much more challenging and I believe that those conversations that we're putting out there and and that we're having 
is about changing the way that the next generation think about those kind of things. And I do believe that positive change is happening. So I think it's about having a diverse range of voices across our podcast, across our platforms. That's huge. And I think these conversations, sometimes the more difficult ones are the ones that we need to speak up about because that's how we make change and positive change as well. You talk obviously about careers and work as part of Talk 20s. What do you see from the engagement that you have with your community are the biggest challenges facing young people at the start of their careers at the moment? I think it's about probably employers really understanding where they're coming from in terms of, you know, remembering what it's like to be a 20 something. I've said this quite a few times before but it's a period of your life where you're really trying to figure out who no one really knows who they who they want to be at that really you know early point or in their 20s at all they can pretend they can go down a path and go I'm going to be be in this direction I can think it's right but there's a lot of emotions going on am I living up to my family's expectations am I do I want to live in this place forever is this organization going to allow me to progress is this the right step that I've taken there's all these different questions and I think also the the perspective of the financial side of like kickstarting a career in any kind of situation you know unless you're very 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 fortunate to land on your feet and when you graduate from university or you step out of an apprenticeship into a really well-paying job a lot of the time there's financial pressures that are involved through hiring someone who is very early on in their career unless of course they have the privilege of mom and dad and all that kind of stuff and so I think it's about really trying to understand with respect the individuals that you're hiring in your company that are of that demographic and really understand, you know, what are their pressures and their challenges? Are they really wanting to push through in this career? Is there, you know, financially, are they okay in that situation? And and really trying to understand that so you can be more empathetic to their needs, because I think a lot of people coming out of university are stressed about finances a lot of people are nervous about is this right is this job the right job and making them feel secure and doing just the tiniest little we like the smallest things to make someone feel okay about about stuff can make the world of difference in making that person feel comfortable in your organization and making them want to do good work for you essentially so I think it's about really trying to tap into that individual situation and yes they might be fine they might you know have a fantastic situation but I think more often than not 20 somethings find it really really hard we did a survey at the beginning of the year actually and the results that came from that said I think about 65 percent of the of the audience that we interviewed had worried about money in the past 12 months now that was before the whole cost of living situation came up yeah so yeah. 65% were already worrying about their finances and mental health was huge there as well. So I think it's about with respect, tapping into what actually is that young person trying to tell you about themselves? Mm-hmm. And is there any way that you can provide that extra support? Because most young people are going elsewhere for the support, like talk twenties and stuff to be really heard and listened to. So I think people quickly forget how difficult your early twenties can be. I think once you feel like you're on your, the even and you're you're feeling good in your situation you quickly forget what those difficult moments were like oh yeah absolutely I mean I think we've spoken about this before but that difference I think to me between being like 23 and 27 is astronomical just in terms of anxiety and knowing and understanding who you are and what you want from life I'm not saying I've got it all figured out at all but I think there is a lot more kind of peace in just living with the day to day than there used to be. But that also comes from 
experience and seniority at work and all of those things that that's very hard obviously to tap into just on that I think one of the things I've seen recently which I must say has wound me up here and there has been a lot of news in the press and commentators saying you know Gen Z entering the work are unambitious they don't know what they're doing they've not been in a work environment because they spent so much of the pandemic online so they don't know what it's like to have to pay attention all day and because of that you know we're not going to engage with people of that age what would you say to to people who have that point of view it really angers me when people say that Gen Z aren't resilient I'm like most graduates graduate like recent graduates graduated into a pandemic yeah the uncertainty they're having to get up and just crack on with the day and figuring out when when you really don't know what your future holds to be resilient to keep getting up and to carry on searching for those jobs and to find that organization and to be adaptable and to change and to go into the office when they want you into the office to work from home and learn all those things and to me it's a lazy response to say that Gen Z are lazy like it's yeah wrong like for most previous generations you will have already found your feet in a career when the whole COVID thing hits, or you will have had some experience to go off. And everyone found that time really difficult. But imagine feeling like you've got the whole world ahead of you, you know, the world is your oyster, and then that being ripped from you and you still having to figure out what your next steps are. To me, it, it like I could talk for hours about how much that winds me up, to be honest. Yeah, and I think it's so frequently a thing, right? when people use the word resilience, where I'm like, do you know what resilience means? And that resilience is, you know, I mean, people use all those metaphors about like, you know, it's a muscle or it's a bucket that if it starts to run low, that means you've got to like have time to, to top it back up. But I think that lack of understanding and appreciation for all of those things that people have dealt with in these past few years is, as you say, just super frustrating. So, I mean, on that, for those brands and employers who don't take that view and actually say, you know, what, we want to get young people engaged, we want to support them to navigate young adulthood, what advice would you give them? And also, are there any kind of brands or employer brands potentially out there who you're like, they're getting it right, you should be looking at the way that they're engaging the next generation? It's a tough one, actually. I think it's, I think it's, it's really tricky as I think the young, young generation of obviously don't have this like job for life mentality anymore it's very much of what can a job provide for that individual and then if it's not providing anymore they will move on so I think for the organizations out there that are still seeing their employees as replaceable and you know not investing time into them because they oh they're just going to leave us yeah I think it's about flipping the switch on that and understanding that actually if you play into their strengths they're much more likely to stay with you for a longer period of time or want to see the benefit in working for your organization if you are more on board with that. And I think a lot of employers will come to me and go, that's ridiculous. We're not going to do all of this kind of stuff all for them to leave. But I, I do think it's about making your place of employment or your organization a nice place to work. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was tricky during COVID. You know, everyone was in the dark. Everyone was navigating difficult situations but I think the employers that really stood by and listened to their employees and tried to help them through were the ones that really came out from strength to strength because at the end of the day we're all we're all human we're all navigating this crazy world that we live in yeah um very blind you know we, we don't know what's around the corner 
And I think it's really tricky to to probably pinpoint someone who I think is doing it really successfully, because I think it depends on the on the industry that you're in. You know, some stuff works very well in corporate, but you get out to small startups and there's just no need for that kind of level of of support. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. And I think employers just need to look at the younger generation and kind of look at the individuals in your organization and adapt for that individual. There's probably not one size fits all. But yeah, that's why our content is so varied is because everyone is figuring it all out and we try and help them as many things as we possibly can. Yeah. So one of the things I'd love to know more about is you know, you've been at that and I know you've said already with the podcast that you are thinking quite consciously about what's next and what the future looks like. You're bringing on a male co-host, you know, partly to hopefully broaden the appeal of, of the brand and everything that you do. Now being at that kind of two and a half year mark, have you had any kind of major shifts in terms of like how you want to run the business and kind of preparing for the future and and how has that gone? In the past nine months, I have been exploring an, an opportunity from a company that actually wanted to acquire my business or to invest in it in some capacity. Yeah. And it's been an eye-opening experience and it came through networking and, and mentorship and stuff like that. And ultimately it's come to the point where it's not right for the business as mm-hmm. a whole. But I think opening up and listening to other people's perspectives has been a really important part because I think I spoke earlier about, you know, creating a, a brand that wasn't just a base based around me as an individual. And I've never wanted that. So I think getting an outside perspective. And that has been really, really good because I've been able to create or develop it into a brand that will have more legacy. But I also think it's really important to stay true to your your creative vision as well. So I think one of the, my mentors told me that, you you know, you should have an idea, but then you shouldn't hold on to it so tight that it breaks and you mm-hmm. should be adaptable to hearing other people's opinions and, you know, their thoughts and their processes And I think that's totally true. I think it's really important to get other people's perspectives and stuff because, you know, I spend so much time in my own brain and I think this will work, that will work. So I think it's really important to get other people's ideas, but then also remember and go back to your why. What's the reason that you started this? Why does it matter? Why do people need it in that world? And make sure that everything you're doing just keeps coming back to that why. And I think as a young founder in particular, it can be really hard that like, you know, trusting your gut and, in terms of how you make decisions has that been I mean have you felt like imposter syndrome around that process have you felt like you've been questioning yourself and your decision making at any time and and how have you dealt with that yeah I mean I think the whole investment opportunity has made me doubt myself over and over and over again to the point where I went actually no I know I can do this on my own I think I lost a lot of my own self-worth during that time and I think it's been you know and stuff like that have picked up on it and going but you've actually built something really cool that people actually really want and Mm -hmm. don't let anyone you know knock you down or tell you that's not true so I think there has been a a big confidence knock but I I do think we're moving forward positively so there's been some downsides from that whole experience but there's also been some incredible upsides and I think you always go through life experiencing a bit of both and you just got to take the lessons from the hard times and move forwards with that I think knowing your worth is hard as a business owner when you are in your 20s just because you're young Mm -hmm. you know you might not know some things about business but you have you know most of the time you've got a great idea or you've built something amazing 
and don't let someone take that away from you just because of the age that you are just because yeah. you know because I'm 27 and female I think that's another part that's about it as well because I'm 27 and female doesn't mean that I shouldn't be founder and CEO of my organization and be running it how I choose there's plenty of amazing women out there Grace Beverly being one who are doing incredible things yeah. she's far younger than me a couple of years younger than me I think and are doing an amazing job about it and of course I think I think my thing was like looking for support from someone else to tell me what to do because there's no right journey with building a business but I know what what the right thing is to do and I've got all the good support around me in order to steer this forward in the right direction so yeah it's one of those things where everything is a learning curve and you have to take the good with the bad something you just said that really resonated with me which is that whole there is no right way and I think sometimes we forget that even you know and people will write a book and call it like the rules of business or something like it's still made up like there are no rules and you know, the world is a constantly evolving thing. And I think that is something going back to what you were talking about earlier around like young people and coming into work and what they're looking for. And I think some of the challenge sometimes is that employers want things to go back to how they used to be. And they don't accept that the world changes all the time and it will never feel like it did pre-pandemic, et cetera. And that that is absolutely true of like business journeys and how businesses are funded and how they evolve and all of that too. And I also think our organization is specifically geared towards Gen Gen Z. So like the the people that should be running it should be as close in age to that to that audience to really understand what the right thing is to do to 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 provide for that audience. Like the more further removed from it, the more it turns into a business that isn't about 20 somethings you know and I think there's because mm-hmm. of the business that, that has been built I, I honestly think that's why talk 20s doesn't exist already I think it's been a problem that a lot of people have experienced in life and thought maybe you know a solution to this you know life skill situation but no one has built it because it's hard to be an entrepreneur and to have an idea and to see it through to the level that we want to see it through like me and my team now it's hard to do that with very little funding with your confidence being knocked about the age that you are building a a platform of this size and I think it's just really tricky to kind of to build something of of this ilk basically oh 100% and I mean I actually you know it's really funny which I hadn't thought about in so long I with a friend at uni we had a website that kind of did I mean we didn't have a podcast but it did some of this stuff it was kind of geared towards university students and life skills and career and all of that stuff and in the end we stopped doing it because it was really hard like we built a bit of an audience and all of that and I will say my my friend had done a lot more of the the work I kind of joined her halfway through than I did in case she's listening I'm not claiming that it was all me it was really really hard and you're absolutely right like I would say 90% of the success in any kind of business is to just keep going there are days with what I'm doing now where I'm like should I sack this off and get a job? Um, oh, I, I still have that thought daily, like absolutely yeah. daily. It's like such a roller coaster journey. I actually think I'd be so bored though. <laughs> yeah, I also don't think that I have the ability to have a job anymore. Like I think I'd be like, what do you mean? I can't just do whatever I want at any given moment of the day. Yeah. And that makes it sound like I don't work like I do work hard and I work more hours than I think I ever have but that ability to just manage your own time yeah 
it's beautiful and I try and convince all my friends to quit their jobs all the time so I'm I'm a very bad person to be around from that front yeah and I think I think the difficulty is like we're talking here but it I think the financial side of running a business is is also really tricky and I I talk about you know that that stepping away sometimes feels like an absolute burden has been lifted but then you kind of get lumbered with this new burden which is well how am I going to navigate life and it takes a while to really get into I, I know you mentioned managing yeah. your own time but it really takes a while to get used to that once you're in it you never want to go back but it, it's this weird kind of understanding where you kind of I don't know I've been through this anyway but I kind of feel like someone should be telling me what to do and I think that's the trap I fell into with you know this whole big investment or acquisition conversation was because I was like, great, someone's coming in and tell me what to do, but it's still my business. Like, great. And over time, you just realize that actually that that isn't the answer to, to what you want, want to do. And actually, you know best anyway. So there's a lot of challenges to being a young founder, I've come to realize. Yeah. And I guess one other thing, if if you don't mind me asking about it, is as we say, like you've had a really good amount of success in terms of your podcast and you've grown your audience and, and all of that. But certainly my experience has been and from what I've seen from a lot of other people who've also started their own businesses is that sometimes the assumption that people make is that that means that financially you're good like immediately that means solid income generation allows you to like live a life of luxury I imagine that's probably not true but could you talk a bit about how that is and how you kind of manage the realities of that and what it actually costs to run the business as well alongside what you then have to live off yeah so I think it's hard like generating revenue I I think I've read a stat where it's like a really tiny fraction of businesses make it past the hundred thousand pounds a year turnover or something like that Mm-hmm. So put that into perspective. If you want any kind of staff or anything like that beyond you, like small businesses, it's really, really tough. So a lot of people go down the kind of freelancer route. So they're working for themselves, yeah. but for other people, if that makes sense. But then if you're starting to build something that is, you know, a business in the long-term vision, there's much more that you kind of, I feel, have to give up in that situation. You know, any kind of income coming in you're thinking about the bills you've got to pay for the business first and then your salary coming out of that is last genuinely because it's the only thing that is really can be adaptable because it's only you you're answering to right so a lot of my savings have gone into looking after me and my partner during this time you know a lot of our funds have just been you know I've tried to draw as least as possible from the business in order to keep it going Mm -hmm. it's a huge sacrifice and it's a huge risk and it does feel sometimes like living on the edge and but I kind of look at the long term and think well what could it be one day and you know I think I listened to a Stephen Bartlett podcast or something and he was like my podcast this isn't the case for me but my podcast made no money for four years and then in the fifth year it made four million or something like that because that great big blow up and it was all the build-up and it was all of that kind of stuff and he, he then turned over and brought in a great big team and all that kind of stuff now don't get me wrong he had the money to invest in it in order to be able to make it hit that target yeah. but sometimes it feels like that goal is getting further and further and further away so it's tough and I think no, um, no young person is starting out in a business I've, I salute them because I think it's really it's really tricky if you're trying to build something that you know is of benefit to other people not just yourself it's a hard situation to be in but but yeah I think long term I'm confident in the direction that it's going 
So something that just springs to mind when you mentioned Stephen Bartlett is, do you have any dream guests for the podcast? I mean, I can definitely imagine Stephen Bartlett might be one of them potentially, but if there was anyone else you would want to get in and have a conversation with, who would it be? Oh gosh, we've got a whole list of, of dream guests. Stephen Bartlett is definitely one of them. Stephen, yeah. if you're listening, <laughs> we'd love to have you on the show. He's not lined up to come on just yet. But yeah, no, you know, the likes of him, like, you know, Ben Francis at, at Gymshark, Chris Beverly, yeah. I've already mentioned, like, they are the, the pinnacle of guests for us. I think, you know, people who've had such success in their 20s and young people just really want to tap in and go, well, how did you get your 20s so right? You know, is there any, any kind of like outs of, you know, information that we yeah. can get from you that maybe we are missing in our lives and we can move forwards with? So yeah, I'd probably say like those three are like the tip of the iceberg for me, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd also love to have any of them on my podcast, but I think they they might come to you first, but you can send them my way afterwards. <laughs> Amazing. So just as we move towards wrapping up, I have two more questions for you. The first one, well, the kind of main one is, is there any book or podcast that really has spoken to you in this time in your life, growing your business? What would you say this actually really made a difference to me? And I would really recommend that other people go out and listen to or read it. Second part of that question is, if there's an episode of your own podcast that you think this is the one that people should listen to, which one would it be? So I definitely recommend people read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I actually read it about four years ago now. And it's probably one of the book that's had the biggest change and impact on my life from reading it. And I got my partner to read it down afterwards. And he was like the same as well. Like, I think it's, it really flips your mindset on money. So money was not something that I was ever taught anything about at school. And it's one of those ones where it really opens up your eyes to how we look at money, you know, what is actually considered an asset and what is considered a liability and all of those kind of things. And it's way more interesting than assets and liabilities. I'm really not, but it's really interesting and in showing like all the things that like we really don't understand about money and how it's controlling us and our behaviors yeah life-changing book I would really say and there's so many more like similar ones that are like on that topic that really kind of debunk the the myth of money and then in terms of podcast episode we're about to relaunch in the autumn which is really really exciting so hopefully we should have some new episodes out soon but our last episode that we released was with Mimi Darling Beauty who you may have seen on TikTok but she has a stammer and she does all of these challenges where she challenges herself to speak at drive throughs or to do random acts of kindness to strangers on the street. And it's all about educating and understanding people who have stammers and why they stammer and how it affects their life. And she is probably just one of the beacons of light that I have had the very fortunate opportunity to meet. She's grown her TikTok pretty much overnight. I think in like seven months, she grew from zero to like 3.2 million. Like it's absolutely insane. And she's just one of the loveliest people on the planet. And I think listening to her story is really infectious because even the podcast, is one of her challenges so she sets herself these challenges you know in terms of speaking opportunities and stuff like that so coming on a podcast was huge for her it's a whole hour of her being put on the spot to talk and stuff like that and she absolutely smashed it so yeah that was a real amazing moment for us and and um yeah we're so grateful for Jesse for coming up and, and coming on the podcast that's incredible. I will definitely give that one a listen. Gabby, that is all from me today. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us. Really excited to get listening to the new episodes of Talk 20s, hopefully coming very soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it with friends and colleagues 
leave us a review and check you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. To keep up with all things Good Work, follow us at Good Work UK on LinkedIn. The Good Work podcast is brought to you by Good Work, a social impact business on a mission to make early careers fairer, more inclusive and more meaningful. We're working to remove barriers for young people from less privileged backgrounds and support businesses to reimagine their approach to entry-level talent and skills. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.